Welcome to Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 536 and Aerosmith and Rock 102. It's going to be mostly sunny today with a high of 56 tomorrow. Uh, more of the same with a high of 54. It's 47 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, Scott Cohn will be joining us this morning. There's loads of sports with Scott to talk about after 7 o'clock. Like I, how the uh, Atlanta Braves decided to not show up last night for their, you know, what, epic win game that for, they could have had. For what should have been their championship game. Uh-huh. Yes, there's uh, there's that. But also, you got the Patriots. You got uh, Tom Brady falling apart at the end. Who actually finally showed up to play the game. Yes. Good Patriots. game. Last, good game. So we'll be talking to, uh, to Cohen about that. But more importantly, we'll talk about who had a better Halloween party. Was it me? Or was it you? Well, it was definitely me. But I don't think a, so. Well, we'll find that out. I bet there were people that came to both that said mine was better. Yeah. There was also people who came and said they had the best time at the other Halloween party. They got nothing to compare it to. Yeah. Was there somebody that went, doo, 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 doo. Oh, yes. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, they yeah. went to both. All right. Uh, there's that and more. It's 537 with Baxton O'Brien and Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 553 and Whitesnake on Rock 102. It's going to be a really nice day today. Mostly sunny with a high of uh, 56. Uh, tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 55. It's 47 right now in downtown Springfield. Steve, what do you say we hop right into some Hollywood nah, trash for nah, Steve and nah. the Rock 102? You know, all that yoga Alec Baldwin's been doing with his wife must be really helping out because on Saturday, Alec spoke to reporters who had been following him in his car and he didn't raise his voice or throw one single punch. No kidding. Yeah. Huh. Uh, Alec and his family have been laying low in New England. Can you imagine that? He's uh, been in Vermont. Yes. Which has been, uh, you know, listen, if you do bad things like Monday through Friday, spending a weekend in Vermont is like everything bad goes away. Oh, yeah. It's like going to confession. Yes, but without the priest. <laughs> right. The uh, Or the box. They've been lying low uh, in New England since the death of the cinematographer Helena Hutchins on the set of his movie Rust. And in Manchester, Vermont this weekend, he actually pulled over to the side of the road with his family in the car and held an impromptu press conference. And his wife, Hilaria, recorded everything on her phone. Alec was a little testy, but he let everyone ask their questions. He refused to answer anything about the incident and the ongoing investigation. But he called Hutchins a friend and said they were part of a very well-oiled crew. He also uh, said he's in constant contact with Hutchins' husband, and he's very worried about him and the couple's son. After several minutes answering questions, he asked what the re- uh, he asked that the reporter stop following them because his kids were crying in the car. Hmm. That is, uh, you know, the idea that you leave the West Coast to disappear, and somebody follows you and knows exactly where you're going. That's kind of creepy. It doesn't take a whole lot for a guy like that who's suddenly, you know, thrust in the news because yeah. of a horrific story to be tracked down by paparazzi. I, I mean, mean it's, it's it's not surprising. I, I I feel I feel bad for him because I like he clearly didn't do this on purpose. No. You know. I feel a little a uh, little worse for the woman who was shot and her family. Well, that's that's the thing, but I but I think there's also it's not like it's one of those things where you can feel bad for the the person who's involved in in the you know the shooting uh, and also the victim at yeah. the same time because it's like it's just a horrible story all around. But he might be listening to us, Alec. If you're listening, two nine three one zero two one. We'd love to give you a, a, <laughs> a Rock one zero two T shirt. That'll get you right in here to the studio. 
That's the hotline number. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so he's uh, he's hanging around in Vermont. And I said, hey, that's where they filmed Beetlejuice in Vermont. I think I knew that. But not there. It's like an hour and a half north of there where he was. But right. maybe he was going to the house to make to get the handbook you know what? for the recently deceased in order to pass it along to his friend. All right, whatever you do, Alec, don't mention that one dude's name three times. Uh, he causes problems. Watch that again Friday night. I, Still a classic. It is a classic. I, I was like, but I hadn't seen it in so many years. And I used to watch it when I was a kid. Like, over and over and over again, because we had it on VHS. Oh, yeah, right. And blow you away with that one. I watched that movie, and the first thing that comes to mind every single time I watch it is, how come Michael Keaton can't be funny again? Well, he's not. He's more of a serious actor now. But he was a comedic actor before that. And before that, he was a stand-up. Well, maybe he's just developing as a, as an actor. I know. I just, I just I prefer him in a comedic role. Than oh, him being all serious and like stuff. It, like in Gung Ho, where they had all those uh, Asian stereotypes. Right? Yeah. That was a hilarious movie. You Mr. can get past all that Asian stuff. Mr. Mom with Terry Gar. Yes. Mm-hmm. You can get past all that sexism. It's hilarious. Uh, Olivia Rodrigo and Jimmy Kimmel last week uh, told Jimmy Kimmel last week that President Biden gave her a shoehorn during her White House visit. But as it turns out, it was actually an ice cream scoop, and she said the misunderstanding was all her mother's fault. Oh, so it was an actual shoehorn. I thought it was something like, a, like a rusty trombone or, yeah, know, no, a golden peacock or yeah, something like donkey that. Donkey punching ad. No, uh, yeah, I guess her mom uh, said it was a shoehorn. How do you not know the difference between an ice cream scoop and a shoehorn? If your ice cream tastes like feet, you know you've used the wrong thing. And and, and what's the what's the significance of the president giving her an ice cream scoop. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. You know, I, it's I, like that creepy old man thing where you, you know, you, you know, hey, uh, Olivia Rodrigo, come over to my house for some ice cream. Does the uh, just does, like the bike shop owner on different strokes when he told Dudley to take his shirt off and eat ice cream and watch cartoons? Jesus, you're bringing up some horrible memories. That was Gordon Jump. It was Gordon Jump. Yeah. You know, I uh, I cannot help. But think that uh, it's weird to have the Oval Office have its own premium items. Like, you like, like you meet with the president and you get to walk out of there, but like, you know, putting your fist full of jar full of tchotchkes. Oh, look, a presidential keychain, or yeah, uh, an ice cream, scoop. or an ice cream scoop. I mean, those gifts, those prizes are no better than the Rock One or Two prizes. Yeah, I know. Well, we give away candy now. <laughs> Hey, you want some great prizes. You come to a Rock 102 event, we'll give you all the candy you want. Yeah, right. Uh, Kim (laughs) Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson were seen holding hands while on a roller coaster at Knott's Scary Farm on Friday. But uh, before we get too invested, a friend said, quote, they hang out in the same circle, so they'll be together from time to time. It's just friends hanging out. But not together together. No, no. And she had nothing to say about it at all. Nothing? Nothing. What about uh, Caitlyn? Uh, nope. Nope. Caitlyn's uh, no longer part of the family anymore. Kanye? Nope. No Kanye. Damn. How am I supposed to keep up with those people? I don't know. And I wouldn't even be able to make a Pete Davidson impression. Don't bother. Uh, Ice Cube quit his uh, next comedy, Oh Hell No, after the uh, producers mandated COVID vaccinations for the cast. 
He was uh, going to star alongside Jack Black and would have made $9 million for it. What was Jack Black going to make? Probably nowhere near $9 million. <laughs> I was going to say. You know, that's, that's the kind of thing. It's like, you're really going to give up $9 million? I mean, he can do that. But a guy like me, if somebody said, hey, you have to get vaccinated or you're not going to get this $9 million, and I'm like, give me all the vaccines. <laughs> Give them all in my one arm right here. I'll have a hundred, please. Uh, I'll have my two and ninety-eight boosters. What a what a waste of money. No kidding. Yeah. Where someone would pay me nine million dollars to do something stupid. Well, I think collectively over the years they've paid you nine million dollars. Not even since close. Since nineteen eighty-four. Please. What? Not even close. And that is your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. Oh yeah. The McDonald's breakfast is too good to speak deal. Sounds a lot like. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Outdoor Power Headquarters. Steel, Ego, and Craftsman. Rocky's Outdoor Power Trifecta. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, I'm going to age myself here for a minute, so sit tight as I take you all with me. You see, I'm old enough to remember a time when the name Jerry Remy and the Boston Red Sox weren't even ever used in the same paragraph. I remember a time when the starting second baseman for the Boston Red Sox was Denny Doyle. Many of you may not remember Denny Doyle other than for his costly base running mishap where he was thrown out at home in the 12th inning of the sixth game of the 1975 World Series. You know, the one that set up the dramatic Carlton Fisk home run that we still talk about today. No disrespect to nothing, but Denny Doyle was garbage. You couldn't hit his way out of a paper bag, much less run around the bases. Two seasons later, Denny Doyle was out. Then on December 8th, 1977, the Red Sox made what many consider to be one of the most important trades of the late 1970s. They traded largely forgettable starting pitcher Don Ossie and a big stack of 1977-sized cash to the California Angels for their team captain, Jerry Remy. Remy, a native of Fall River, would go on to make the All-Star team, but he'd also be a part of the 1978 team in which Bucky Dent's home run haunt the Red Sox fans for the next 43 years during that one-game playoff against the Yankees, who then went on to win the World Series. To his credit, he was the only Red Sox player on base and ready to score when Carl Yastrzemski made the final out of the game. Nevertheless, he would spend six more years playing for the Red Sox, retiring with a field percentage of 9.81. On Saturday, Jerry Remy died at the age of 68 after fighting lung cancer for the last 13 years. After his career, Remy became one of the most beloved broadcasters in New England sports history. Beloved not only because he was hilarious and off the cuff, as he was knowledgeable, but he was also one of us, a lifelong, hard-suffering Boston Red Sox fan. Where's Denny Doyle and Don Ossie these days? I couldn't tell you. But for the last 33 years, Jerry Remy has been in our homes, turning some boring Red Sox games into television gems. And maybe that's why or what we're going to miss most about the guy. I know I certainly will. So rest in peace, Rem Dog, and thank you for being a part of the Red Sox family for the last 33 years. But hey, you never mind. Yappin' Sports brought to you by Rockies Ace Hardware. Steven at the Palmer Rockies is a steel power equipment expert. He knows his stuff trained by steel. He can help repair your steel chainsaw, your steel backpack blower. Need advice in outdoor power equipment? Steven's your guy, and you'll find him at the neighborhood Rockies Ace Hardware in Palmer. I'm back. That's my view from the couch.
It's 613 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. Going to be uh, mostly sunny today with a high of 56. Tomorrow, partly cloudy with a high of 54. It's 47 right now in downtown Springfield. Hey, uh, let me know if you can hear this. I want to see if uh, if this is coming through. That's the enormous crowd of the Rumble seat on Saturday for yeah. the Rock 102 Halloween celebration. How many uh, Rock 102 t-shirts did you have to hand out to get all those people to say that? I didn't, I didn't have to give away yeah. any of them, actually. Really? They, they all had to win them fair and square. I uh, I didn't need to pay anybody to go over to your party and tell you to go F yourself. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't pay anybody. No, nothing came out of my pocket other than to buy my own... Uh, my own libations. That well, was it. Here's the difference. You were part of a station-sponsored event, whereas I was uh, part of an independent operation mm-hmm. for an advertiser who, uh, you know, does pay money to be on this show, too. Sure. But I think we had the leg up on you. How do you say that? Well, because there was a ton of people there. There was, uh, there was all kinds of... Drinking going on and jello shots being there, bought. And there was, uh, we had drinking, we had people, we had uh, a DJ who was uh, spinning the funky wax platters. I was the DJ. I did both. You I DJ'd your own party? I DJ'd my own party. Jesus. And they uh, and, and, and you got compensated for this, right? You didn't just get paid in delicious food. Oh, no, I don't need to get compensated. Uh, it, just my mere presence, uh, you know, boosts the business of that place. And, oh, uh, my it's God. It's the long-term payout. Listen I, to you. Chef Jeff cooks me up a nice fresh burger every day. Let me, um, let me set the table. Uh, for those of you who were not listening last week, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, and I don't know how this happened, there were two Halloween parties mm-hmm. scheduled for the same night. Uh, there was yours, like you said, an independent yeah. party. Understandable, didn't go through the radio station. Right. And then there was mine uh, at the at the Rumble seat, which we have been doing for years, other than last year because of COVID. But mm-hmm. this year, it came back, and it came back storming. Like, we had loads of people, loads of uh, people uh, enjoying themselves with laughter and good times. Now... I know for a fact that there were a couple that uh, had been to your party mm-hmm. in Westfield mm-hmm. and made the long, long journey mm-hmm. to Chicopee. A 20-minute journey. That's right. Yeah. 20 minutes. Maybe 22, depending uh-huh. on you know whether or not they could see through their costumes. Well, it would be better to go 91 to 391 and then right off the exit, and then you're right there at the rumble seat. I'm just saying. Well, you could do that. Or you could take Route 20 over to the 91 and then you know, you know get on that way. Well, you could do that, too. You could. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't know how these people got there, and I didn't really take the time to ask. But they were at your party and said, this party stinks so bad, we're going to go check out and see what Baxi's doing. And then they got there, and not only did they have fun, but one of the people won the best co- the best costume of the night. Oh, they did? Uh, they won for best couple or group, and then uh, the one person won... The best overalls costume. See, they probably would have won if they were still at the party that I was at. Woulda, coulda, shoulda, Steve. Doesn't and, really matter. And then they, what was the prize for the best costume? $250. Ooh. Plus, they won their category. I think they got an extra 100 bucks. What like, was, uh, you know, all joking aside here, what was the best costume that you saw that you... Uh, because I have to, you know, because you know, you do the judging thing, but you always have your own favorite that right. might not have been a winner. Well, let me just say, but, yeah. I did not uh, participate in any of the judging, so it, you know, it's never on me. I never right. want to judge these things. 
But in years past, there have been some pretty astounding costumes. Like one year we had some guy as a video game and even had like the video game actually on his chest. It was it was unbelievable. I mean, the electronics and the noises, unbelievable how he did it. We didn't quite have anyone go over the top on that one. Mm-hmm. I will say I thought these uh, these two people were pretty good, but they were bought costumes. You could buy those anywhere, but they were really good costumes. They were pretty uh, yeah, but th- that was the, uh, the the beaker and the and the bunch and the, and the uh, Swedish chef. Right. Yeah, they were good. They were yeah. great costumes. But I can't say that, that there was one that really stuck out. Like, holy crap, that's a great mm-hmm. costume. We had uh, we had one that was uh, a hammer. A guy with, had a big giant uh, head. Yeah, and it looked it was very well done. It was duct tape to make it have that silver look to it. Uh huh. But it was very smooth and very uh, obviously they took a lot of time to put this thing together. It was a hammerhead, and then his wife was the nail. Right? Oh, wow. So then they win, and it was like, yeah, I'm going to get hammered, and she's going to get nailed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of alcohol That's I like to see. That's the kind of stuff I like to <laughs> the see, people. too. Actually, there's one, there was one woman that was pretty original. It was, um, she was, uh, she was standing, well, be- behind her was a big giant target. Mm-hmm. Okay? Just try to imagine this. She's a big bullseye target, and she's standing in front of it, and on either side of her are knives through the target. And the bullseye was a knife right in her chest. Ooh. That was actually pretty clever. That, that was is, pretty cool. That is pretty neat. Yeah, she did a lot of work on that one. The uh, What was the other one? Uh, some lady was Jim Carrey in the um, Ace Ventura with the tutu on. Oh, yeah. That was that was pretty fun. That was good. Uh, but years years ago when I did the, the, the Rock 102 party at uh, the Silk City Tap Room. Now I'm dating myself. Jesus. Yeah. That was all the way up in in Florence. They had there was a um well first of all there was a guy there that was dressed as a used feminine napkin because that's <laughs> Yeah, yeah now we've had we've had Rock that before. Bringing class to Western Mass. That's what I'm saying. And uh but they had like there was a lady who was a uh, she was a one night stand. And she like had the table. It was almost like a 3D version. Her face was a picture on a nightstand. Oh wow! And the table was her chest, which was pretty. I, which I thought was uh, was very cool. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you don't see, you don't. See, I I don't know about you, but I felt like there wasn't a lot of people really enthusiastic about Halloween this year. I felt like the the kind of creativity that we normally see was a little bit uh, like those people decided to stay home. Mm-hmm. Like there's just not about being in a bar that you know people are like, say seventy five percent cool with, and the other twenty five percent, the ones that would come in these elaborate costumes, didn't want to do it. Right. They weren't there. I mean, there were plenty of people in costume. Don't get me wrong, and some of them were better than others, but they weren't entirely at the same level of creativity. I think people weren't a hundred percent convinced that they wanted to pour the time and the effort into events that they weren't sure were actually going to happen. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's that would be that would be my guess. But it would, but nevertheless, you don't need uh, astounding uh, costumes to have a, a great party. And man, I got to tell you, uh, what a great party at uh, at the Rumble seat. It was it was terrific. Yeah, I, I see you were so original again with your uh, your your costume this year. Well, you know, uh, the thing is, I like I told you, I have three costumes uh-huh. that I have been rotating. It and might- this one I have rotated maybe more than others because it 
it, it it's free flowing. It's easy to get around. I'm still walking on crutches, which is another story for maybe a little bit later on. And uh, I felt like, okay, how can I, how can I dress up and still be as mobile as I want to be? There was only one choice, and that was to be uh, the Pope again. But a great the costume Pope. again. Ug- again. I got this. Uh, speaking of the Pope, I got this new cologne last week. Yes, it's called the. It's called Jimmy Choo Man. It's like high karate, <laughs> right? So I get this stuff. I had it a few years ago, and I finally decided to get it again. And then so I asked my girlfriend. I said, "Hey, what?" Did, I said, "What do you think of this one?" She goes, "You smell like the Pope." <laughs> and she had the experience to yeah. sniff around the Pope. And I was like, "The Pope." That's what I, that's what I'm saying. First, I, I don't think she's ever met the Pope. I right. think she's just imagining what the Pope would smell like. Apparently, it would be like that because it does have this like. Incensey kind of smell, like a, to it. yeah, like a burning, like a burning cross yeah. kind of thing. And uh, and I'm like, well, hey, uh, you want to polish the pontiff then, <laughs> huh? Huh? Uh, I, I was turned away. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. How really? About that? Yeah, yeah. I would have thought that smooth that. talk would have put you right into business. No, no, no. Apparently not. Maybe I should borrow your costume. I'll tell you what. It. Uh, yeah, my wife was with with me all night long, mm-hmm. and I'm sure she would have uh, been <laughs> happy to tell you to take it off of me. Yeah. Well, it is kind of like a muumuu. It is a muumuu, but it's yeah. a very convincing uh, costume. Next yeah. year, when I do it, I promise I won't do the uh, I won't do the Pope. I'll do something different. Yeah, next year, uh, you never know. You might not be doing it. Oh, I'll be doing it. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I, I I know I have the right of first refusal on this. Oh, I would is that, never. Is that, oh, is that how? I is could, that how it's going to be? I could never refuse uh, a party like this. And good for you, by the way, for uh, causing an online stir with your with your postings. Oh, with my uh, it was getting people to come out to my party. Yeah, as opposed to yeah, right. As if like somehow yeah. yours was a was a better party. Well, I thought this was like a fun banter thing back and forth until I get a video at midnight going, "Suck it, Steve Dangle, <laughs> suck it, best party ever." <laughs> well, listen. But then again, what would you expect from Chicopee? Oh, yeah. stop, yeah. stop it uh-huh. with you. Yeah, it's six twenty three in Rock one hundred two. Your home has hit 625 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. Scott Cohn will be joining us after 7 o'clock this morning. And uh, later on this week, uh, we got Mike Quincy and the return of Dave Ratner from Dave Soda and Pet City. How cool is that? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Pets be, and soda. He'll be back talking about all kinds of... What about, uh, what about Shasta? we got to ask about that. I did like Shasta. At the time, that was a, that was a good one. I remember uh, my mother used to buy... Uh, she was on this like Weight Watchers kick back in the 80s. Right. And she bought this Shasta chocolate soda, diet chocolate soda. I remember that. Oh, my God. What an awful, awful taste. It wasn't good. It was disgusting. My, uh, my parents went on a tab kick for a while. And tab, that was back when it, it, it was loaded with uh, life-saving saccharin. Uh, if you can get past like the carcinogenic properties of it, it was fantastic because because it would leave this aftertaste in your mouth for like two hours after each can. Ah oh, man, oh I miss those I days. I miss those days. I do. I miss saccharin. Yeah, I was trying to. Uh, I was talking to somebody last night about uh, you know discontinued products. Remember bonbons? Those are discontinued. Yeah. Well, the ice cream. Yeah. It was ice cream, and it was like you know chocolate covered. Yeah. Discontinued 
1985. What? Yeah. Have I been? How have we been so then, out of the loop on that? And then that apparently one? they were called like Nestle Dibs up into the 90s. Oh yeah, right. They they have a different yeah. name, but they but, were always they were always bonbons. Well, because it, it was a, it was a birthday party I was at, and they, it was for a kid, and they they bought these. Um, it, it was bonbons. Uh, they called them bonbons, and it was like little brownies with frosting on them from a from like I think it was Big Y or whatever. Okay, and uh, and they were they were pretty good, but it was just like hey, and it, that's how the conversation started. Hey, you remember bonbons? And then it brought me to like, hey, whatever happened to that Planters product from the nineties nineties? The uh, they were called PB Crisps. Oh, I don't remember those. And they were awesome. And I didn't like the peanut butter ones, but right. I liked the chocolate ones. And they were like. Peanut-shaped cookies, and inside was creamy chocolate filling, almost like a member of Magic Middles. Well, I'm thinking like the Nutter Butters, but with the chocolate mm. filling. I don't, I don't remember that. Well, so the the peanut butter one was like more like the Nutter Butter. The, yeah. The, the PB Crisp was one. This was like the chocolate crisp. But it's like, why would you discontinue such a good product? Well, it's like you talk about planters. They discontinued their cheese balls. Remember the cheese balls they used to make? I used to taste Mr. Planter's cheese balls all the time. I loved his cheese balls. I used balls. to pop, pop Mr. Planter's cheese balls in my mouth every single day. Oh, I'd put them in two at a time. How many of Mr. Peanut's cheese balls could you shove into your mouth at once? I don't know. But uh, if they were still making them, we could do that contest right here on the show. That's true. Hey, let's laugh. Tell me. Tell me what's funny. It's Bax and O'Brien's joke of the day. Well, it's nice to find a fellow with a keen sense of humor. On Rock 102. Joke of the day brought to you by Gary Rum Hyundai. Get three years complimentary maintenance at Gary Rum Hyundai, Wadding Farms Road in Holyoke, and that's no joke. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Springfield's Classic Rock. So, uh, Bax. Yes, Steve. My genitals can transform from one Toy Story character to another. Depending on how much I wash them. <laughs> they go from Woody to Stinky Pete. Steve! <laughs> Boo! Bax and O'Brien. 631 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. It's time for news. Brought to you by 413 Pro Tint for tinting on your vehicle, home, or business. Call 413 Pro Tint in Springfield. Today, here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. It was the return of a holiday that means so much to both children and adults, and this year they finally got to take to the streets to get their favorite candy. Trick-or-treating was back on in western Massachusetts over the weekend. Not one kid. Not a <laughs> single kid. All right. So, uh, I, you know I live out in a rural town. Right. Well, we both do, really. And uh, last year, uh, you know, with the whole, all the restrictions in place, mm -hmm. it was understandable that there weren't very many houses giving away candy because we do have like a concentrated area in our town where it is uh, uh, thickly settled, if you will. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, you have up to like two houses in well, a quarter mile stretch. There's neighborhoods there. There's neighborhoods near the center of town that's probably got maybe uh, 150 houses or so in, right. in, a, in an area that you could go trick or treating at. And they usually, you know, the library typically had, you know, their little thing going on. So you could always stop by there. But uh, it, last year, it, next to nothing because. People were just afraid, and yeah. they didn't want to, you know. Some towns canceled it altogether. Right, and that was on the that was on a Saturday night too. This year, fast forward to this year, we're figuring, hey, you know what? Uh, you know, 
this is this would be a good a year to kind of bring everything back and pam sam pow you know right trick or treat we uh we uh we decided to my girlfriend lives in south hadley so we went to the neighborhoods up there okay for the trick or treating right there was like nobody giving out candy maybe like five or six houses in, wow! In a mile, because like radius. Because if if I were like a young kid looking to yeah. you know, add on to my my diabetes and uh, and my uh, yeah. you know, have my pancreas fall right out of my body, South yeah. Hadley would be a great place to go. Right, and so we're uh, we're walking down the street with the kids, and then uh, we kind of we run into this other guy who's with his kids, and we start to get to talking like, what the hell is wrong with people? Like nobody <laughs> wants to put candy out, you know? And uh, it wasn't a matter of. You know, we're taking our kids out trick-or-treating, so there's nobody at the house to hand out candy. You know, th- th- there's a lot of people that don't have young children on the street, and it, but they're not elderly either. Mm-hmm. So you'd think <clears throat> there would be some more houses uh, open to giving out candy. It just seemed kind of like, bleh. Yeah, that's but, interesting. But the other thing is, well, go ahead. Where well, I was just saying, because my neighborhood, you know, in the, in the four years, four or five years we've yeah. lived there, we never have kids coming down our street. And it's you know it's a very residential street. There's a lot of houses down there. Yeah, nobody ever really comes down. But how far? Like, what's the next residential street? Like, how far away is that? It's the next street over. And there's more houses. There's a pretty heavily yes. populated area. It's a pretty major. It's it's one of the major thoroughfares in Hamden. I think a lot of the issue is is that all these places have these trunk or treats. Leading up to Halloween and including yep. Halloween Day, some of them uh, do it, you know, on the actual Halloween Day, where they set up the trunk or treats in the parking lots and then get the kids go and you know get the, get their candy that way. You know, I have a cousin. <laughs> I, I, I mentioned her last week. She's real big into Halloween, really big, and she posted pictures online over the weekend of what she's put, like how she's decorated her front yard, and it's like it, it, it's like ridiculously yeah. elaborate. I mean, there's there's animatronic robots. There's all kinds of, you know, there's, there's headless torsos, all of this blood splatter. She totally gets into it. And all I'm thinking in my head is not, wow, that took so much work. It was more like, wow, she's got to go out there on Monday morning and put all that stuff away. I know. What a pain in the ass like, that would be. Like, it's, it's, not, it's not only almost too much work to feed children candy on Halloween. It almost feels like too much work to prepare for the process of it. Oh, yeah. Because it's like, but now you're talking about two days of one day of setup, one day of takedown. For for what's the payoff? It's like we have no payoff. It's like, yeah, like I said, in the, in the Halloween party, I think there were some people just skeptical well, of whether these events would go on. And so they didn't put nearly the thought and effort into their costumes like they normally would. I'm not the decorator by any means. No. You know, so there are some people who are really get into it and they really love Halloween. I'm not that kind of person. But I do have some reasonable expectation that uh, if you're a homeowner and you're home with your lights on in your house, you should be coming <laughs> to the door or at least leave a bowl outside. Right. I don't understand. I don't understand the, the people. I understand if you if you have your lights shut off. I'm not stopping at your house. We're not having the kids run up to your door. That's fair. That's the thing. If you have all of your lights on, and there was many homes that did that had nobody there, it's that's, like what are you doing? That's a little weird. But anyways, we're huh. wa- we're walking with this guy, and I 
And I said to him, because he, he was, uh, you know, voicing his disdain for the fact that nobody was answering the door. <laughs> and I said, it's kind of like, uh, you know, Adam Sandler in that Big Daddy movie where he sees the guy inside sitting. The guy's like, no, 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 we're not doing Halloween. And then Adam Sandler kind of forces his way into the back of the house and makes the guy give the kid everything in his house, like watches and, you know, all these things. And uh, that guy, I want to thank that guy because he came, he, he knew where we were, you know, you because know, we said, you know, you should come down and get candy at that house because right. we we're giving away candy down there. And uh, he showed up with, like, these four giant Reese's Pieces things for all the kids. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And he's like, he's, like, yeah. he's like, I live right around the corner, but uh, I just wanted to give you guys these. And I'm like, oh, that was that was pretty nice of him to do. Yeah. But I just couldn't believe how few people were participating in this. There was a, there was a story on the news the other night about Cabbage Night. Yeah, and, and that's usually like the night, you know, houses get toilet papered and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. you think about it, price of cabbage, price eggs, and the uh, the costly price of toilet, toilet paper. paper. Who's yeah. going out of their way to no. eat, to deface anyone's property with the supply chain issues we have the, today? And mo- mostly these kids uh, are too busy making TikTok videos to do uh, cabbage night videos. Right. They'll do a six-second cabbage yeah. uh, video, and it doesn't mean anything. They did the—I uh, the, was reading this story— on 22 about the Elks Club in Springfield doing the uh, trunk or treat. Yeah. And I'm like, boy, you getting drink chips from the Elks? <laughs> Good for one free PBR, a $1.25 value. Daddy, what am I supposed to do with this? I'll take that for you. I'll hold it for a good day. Uh, what's what's this one for? Oh, it says you can go in and roll, roll, the, roll the dice and sign the book. <laughs> free once because you're not a member. <laughs> See that would be that would be a good one. There you go. Uh, let's see. Uh, you know, I'm trying to go through these stupid stories here. This, here's the thing: we don't for a radio station. We don't have like good equipment here. Did you ever notice that? No, Steve. I've never noticed any. I'm, I never noticed that they were still using Windows 95. <sighs> it's just, everything freezes on us. It's it's. It's annoying. Well, listen, you've uh, we've spent seven minutes not doing a single news story. Pick one, Only and let's fly with it. Only because the computer was frozen <laughs> and I had to fill time. A uh, Charlemont man was sentenced Friday after changing his plea to guilty for robbing a Northampton bank back in February. According to the Northwestern DA spokesperson Lori Loisel, 38-year-old David Jones Jr. of Charlemont. David, David Jones? Jones? Was sentenced to six to uh, seven years in state prison. Jones changed his plea to guilty for a charge for a felony unarmed robbery. Before his change of plea, he was being charged with armed and masked robbery. Girl, look at what you've done to me. Turn me into a bank robber. Me and my whole world. (laughs) On February 25th at around 11.30 a.m., Jones entered the People's United Bank at 43 King Street, Northampton, and handed the teller a note demanding money. The note said, no silent alarm. I'm very familiar with the system. Don't try anything stupid. Like rob a bank? That is kind of stupid. Jones left the bank in a pickup truck and was arrested an hour later in Charlemont with the money. No firearm was shown or recovered in the incident. This uh, case is an example of great police work. The Northampton Police Department, uh, with the assistance of the state police, had the defendant in custody, the money from the bank recovered, and the case solved in a matter of hours. I'm not uh, crapping on the, uh, the police work thing, but... How hard is it when the suspect makes it really easy for you? (laughs) Oh, I parked my truck right out in front of the bank, in front of the cameras, with my license plate in full view, and all they had to do was run the license plate and take a trip to Charlemont. 
I mean, I hit the hazard. Which haz- is like 40 minutes away from Northampton. So I uh, had the hazard lights on because I was only going to be there for a minute. Yeah. I mean, uh, again, I support uh, police work, but this one's kind of easy to do. Uh, Darmal E. Safi, a year after being accused of rape of a child, was arrested for allegedly raping a woman on September 20th after meeting her through the dating app Tinder. Uh, I feel like it's my fault, the woman said, crying as she detailed the alleged rape by Safi in East Longmeadow uh, to East Longmeadow police officers. <clears throat> Excuse me. According to court documents, the Western Mass man had arranged to meet the woman at roughly 7.10 p.m., and the 21-year-old arrived in his father's gray Dodge Charger to, quote, cuddle with the woman. The woman, who was in her 20s, said to police that after connecting with Safi via Tinder, then they, they then continued to talk via another social media app, Snapchat. The police report states that the two had planned to only meet and cuddle. However, according to the statement, it was a very different meeting than she thought. During the police interview conducted by East Longmeadow police officers Jer- uh, Jeffrey Nizick and Anthony Denny, uh, the woman stated that the alleged assault lasted roughly three to five minutes and she was dropped off at her home within ten minutes of getting into the car with Safi. She texted a friend moments after arriving home to say she had been sexually assaulted. When East Longmeadow police officers arrived to speak to the woman at uh, 7.52 p.m., she detailed the alleged assault. She alleged that Safi had exposed himself in the car and forced her to give oral sex, the officer stated in the report. He took it out. Yeah, I'm not... uh, Listen, I I think it's... Social media has hurt uh, dating so much yeah. that we, you know, that we just assume that if we have intimate conversations before even having a chance to meet in person, yeah. that it somehow opens the door for things to happen right away. And when you have a guy who does not know how to behave himself in a mature and an adult way and just assumes that, well, you know, we did talk about this yeah. on Snapchat – that it's an in, open invitation to expose yourself and act like an animal. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, but then you get this poor woman who thinks she's she's somehow to blame for him being a J-off. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I... I yeah, maybe listen... That's correct huh? Maybe that's not the correct phrase I should be using. For that. I don't know. But, yeah. you know, I, I, you, you can blame the victim all you want. I don't, I don't necessarily want it. I don't feel comfortable doing that. What I just don't understand is what gives anyone the thought that they have the right to act like this in any situation this is not the first time safi has been accused of sexual assault on september 4th of 2020 he's alleged to have raped a child both the alleged rape of a child in 2020 and the alleged rape in 2021 are still open cases through the northampton district court and palmer district court respectively the meeting between the woman and safi was enabled through the dating app tinder Mass Live reached out to both Tinder and Snapchat, but had not received a comment at the time of the report. Uh, Tinder boasts more than 100 million downloads worldwide. I don't know what you what's what do you want from the comment from from Tinder? That they, they, they can't vet every single person no, that I, goes on there and run criminal background checks for each person. No. I, of know. course not. It, it Tinder is is really no different than any other social media. You know, there there's there's limitations to what they can do to vet people out. Now, if they find that, you know, someone has acted inappropriately and someone turns them in, uh, you know, to Tinder, then yeah, they can they can, you know, cancel their membership. But that's about as much as they can do. An Australian joint investigation by Four Corners and Triple J Hack reveals that Tinder has become a playground for sex offenders. 
Uh, we take the safety, security, and well-being of our users very seriously, reads a statement on the Tinder website. As the world's most popular app for meeting new people, we take pride in connecting millions of people every day. While a relatively small percentage of these matches have led to users falling victim to criminal activity, we firmly believe any incident of misconduct or criminal behavior is one too many. And I don't really think you can blame the date. If there's so many dating apps out there, they're kind of all breeding grounds, I would think, for people who think they can get away yeah. with stuff, you know, including this guy. Unbelievable. It's not really unbelievable. I think that, you know, there's there's a level to this whole thing. You know, we've talked about how these dating apps have created these random hookups among younger people. Right. And there's different ones like Bumble and like all these other ones that tend to say, well, we're not quite that. We are this, you know, like they're different somehow, distincting I, themselves I, from Tinder. I guess it's hard for me to really, you know, understand it because it's like I never had to go through any of that. And I never, never did match, never did Bumble, never did plenty of fish, never did any of that stuff. You know, you know, I, I, I met my wife through like an innocent happenstance and, and that was and that was fine. But it's like, I, I you know, I, I thank God I never had to go through that because, you know, if you're. If you're looking to meet somebody, you don't know what's on the other side of that of that phone. You don't know what's on the other side of that text or or that that instant message. And there's no way to really vet these people because a lot of the times it's all you puffing up who you are. Yeah. It's it, there's nothing real about it. I think there's some I don't I think there's some that require you to uh, you know provide an ID. And also take your picture so it matches up with your ID. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like a facial recognition kind of thing, like a I mean, verification thing. But th there's always been a, a you know a lot of dirtbags out there yeah. in the dating world. That's never that's never been uh, never been in question. But you know the the manner in which we go about these conversations. Yeah. You know before you know they're basically hookup sites. I mean you yeah. usually have intimate convers. It's like social media invites a certain level of intimate conversation that you would yeah. never normally have with somebody face to face. True, but that doesn't that still doesn't the victim shouldn't be blaming herself. No. Sexual assault is sexual assault Absol no matter which way you cut it. Sexual and if you say no just because you said, you know, you might have some sexy talk leading up to the meeting, but sure. once you get there and you're like, I don't want to touch this guy yeah. or I don't want to touch this girl, that's okay to say no. You don't you're not obligated to do anything. But the but the sexually immature predator sees that yeah. unfortunately sees that conversation as an invitation to something that it is not. Well, you said, you know, yeah, yeah it's I that know. kind of crap. Uh, if someone uh, hands me free chicken wings, I don't ask questions, do you? Rarely. I guess it depends on where you're getting the free chicken wings from. Well, that would be a question. Uh, I just eat them. But the, some of us are pickier than others. A 30-year-old man uh, near Salt Lake City got angry at his dad last month after he bought chicken wings for dinner but didn't buy the kind the son wanted. You son of a bitch. He, what, he, got, the, he got too many flats or what? It's not clear what flavor or variety the son was expecting, but they did start arguing, and the son grabbed a gun. He fired a shot at his dad but missed. The dad ducked, so the bullet went through a wall and into a neighbor's apartment. It ended up lodged in the person's dishwasher. 
which means now they can't even wash the dishes. That's right. They ended up wrestling over the gun, and the son fired two more shots into the ceiling, but luckily they got lodged in another neighbor's floor and didn't hit anyone. The son is facing charges for attempted murder. In other uh, poultry-related crime, a 20-year-old woman in central Pennsylvania is facing charges after she got into an argument with another woman at Walmart, grabbed a package of cold chicken, and nailed her in the back of the head with it. That would cause a mark. Yeah. It's not clear if it was frozen or just refrigerated, but either way. Yeah. What's up with the poultry crimes in this country? I don't know. I've never had wings so bad I felt like shooting somebody. Yeah. Yeah, I, I never had a wing that, you know, that uh, distasteful. Really? Well, I mean, some are better than others, but I'm not gonna, you know, start gu- you know gunfire as a part of it. You know what uh, was uh, was an awful place for wings was Boston Billiards. Remember that place? It used I do. To be, it used to be on uh, Riverdale Street in West Springfield. Yeah. That place, I remember uh, friends of mine. This is going back years ago, and they were like, "Hey, uh, meet us out at uh, Boston Billiards. It's Monday night. It's Monday night football, and they got ten cent wings." Well, the 10 cent wings were nowhere near the size of the actual wings that they sold on their regular menu. They were like little tiny, like uh, almost undeveloped chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> so these these yeah. were the uh, the genetic disasters. Yeah, this was the uh, this was the chicken wing that you show on the poster uh, for a pro life uh, <laughs> ad. You know, for the pro chicken life ad. Right. Would you? Would you? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Life starts at red hot. Life starts <laughs> right there. And uh, it was like, I can't believe they're charging. You know, you have to order like a hundred of them to get the same amount you would in 10. Right. Like, that's how tiny these things were. But I'm like, you know, that's the, the that's that was like one of the places that I would I would never go back to to order chicken wings ever again. Right. Because they weren't even good. And then that place uh, lasted a couple of more years and then it went out of and business. Then it went out of business. But chicken wings. Wow. People attacking each other with the chicken. I never bring my gun when it comes to chicken wings. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today, it is going to be mostly sunny with a high of 56. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 57. It is uh, 47 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Dream cover. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Outdoor Power Headquarters. Steel, Ego, and Craftsman. Rocky's Outdoor Power Trifecta. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, if I had a million dollars to burn, which I do not, there are a million things that I would do. I would pay off my many creditors. I would save some for my children. I might even invest some of that money into high-yield mutual funds. You see, that's what being a responsible adult is all about. It's about taking your money and not blowing it on horse crap. Of course, I'm a 55-year-old man. I'm old enough to be living in a home and get 15% off decaf at any participating Waffle House location. What I am not is a 24-year-old child with a, 20, with a six-year, $50 million contract with the Chicago White Sox. This weekend, it was reported that Chicago White Sox center fielder Luis Robert not only purchased himself a brand new car, he also spent the extra money to have it shrink wrapped to make him look like a total dink. According to reports, Luis spent $1 million on a brand new Lamborghini. At 24 years old, I couldn't even spell Lamborghini. I'm not completely sure I'm spelling it right now. 
Nevertheless, the car is capable of speeds up to 217 miles an hour, leather seats, adjustable mirrors, and AM FM radio. It's totally tricked out. But that's not the half of it. For an extra $10,000, Louise had the car vinyl wrapped with glow-in-the-dark covering celebrating his love for Naruto anime. Is it colorful? You bet. Can you see it coming down the street? Oh, yeah. Does it make him look like a total jackass for what he's done with a $1 million car? Without a doubt. Listen, if I had a $1 million car, and I don't, the last thing I would want to do would be to draw extra attention to myself by wrapping up in something that glows in the dark. To me, that's like an open invitation that says, Hello, everybody. This is my car. I sure hope it's here when I get back, and I sure hope nobody vandalizes it while I'm away. This is why I try not to buy nice things. I mean, really nice things. I don't need to have any more extra attention. I get all the stares I need by driving around a bucket of junk that I own now. And believe you me, it's all the attention that I need. But hey, and if I'm I yapping, sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. And if I was going to paint the garage or the bedroom, I'd get some help. I talked to Dina in the paint studio at the Island Pond Rockies. Dina is a veritable expert in painters, and she knows her stuff. She's been working there for 20 years. You want help with paint? Go see Dina, the Island Pond Rockies. Good people, rock-solid service at every Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. It's 712. With Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. Mostly sunny today with a high of 56. Tomorrow, partly cloudy with a high of 57. It's 47 right now in downtown Springfield. And in the studio with us right now, always a pleasure to welcome mm-hmm. him back. It's uh, Scott Cohen. How are you, Scotty? Yeah, that'll be fine. <laughs> what do you mean, that'll you know, be fine? I just, you know, look. That sounds, I, con- that sounds convincing. The, the whole, uh, you, you, first of all, you don't mean that. What? And second of all, it's like I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't need, I don't need that. What are you talking? I've been around long enough that I don't, I don't need my ego stroked by, you know. When have I ever given you one inch of insincerity? In, in How about, the, about in the twenty-seven ten, years ten you and sec- I have known each ten other? Ten seconds ago. Well, okay, that was uh, ten seconds. <laughs> hey, but that doesn't, but that doesn't, that doesn't negate twenty-seven years of harmonious friendship. It doesn't. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I take, I take it back. For all those complaints you made to HR, we now are obligated to grease your balls <laughs> when you come in the studio. <laughs> uh, well, somebody better grease my balls. Well, there you go. Hey, uh, I know. Uh, you know, yesterday we were all kind of shocked. Shocked, but not yeah. shocked considering you know the health issues that he's had. Sure, but Jerry Remy dies after a long broadcast career, and I was going back uh, you know this morning and remembering as a kid uh, oh. when the Red Sox uh, traded for him, yep. and they they traded Don Ossie for a bag of cash, but nineteen seventy seven cash. Like you know, if you you traded a player today, and 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 he was the team captain of the California Angels, yep. that would have been an enormous stack of cash. But in 1977, that was probably Don Ossie and a and a couple of scratch tickets. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a check for twenty bucks. There's no question about that. And you know, it's funny that you mention that because I this is one of the things that um, you know, uh, you and I are um, there's there's enough. I mean, you know, you and I are in the same neighborhood age wise, but sure. but there's enough of a separation where you know. Uh, certain things like when i was in college you were probably in junior high school so um and i was going when i was in school right in the 70s in boston those 1970 red sox teams were 
awesome. 77, and of course, 78 with the Yankees. We know right. all about that. Yeah. Um, the 75 team. But that, that 77-78 group of Red Sox, I mean, that, that, those were, that was a generational ball club. And Jerry Remy played second base for that team. And, and the, he was the leadoff hitter, heart and soul, everything. And, and at the time, I, I, you know, I remember Denny Doyle before him. Yep. And Denny Doyle you know, was a, defensively was a good second baseman, but he couldn't hit his way out of a paper nope. bag. But you know, you know, here comes uh, Remy. And I remember people saying, you know, what a great pickup this guy was. Yep. What a tremendous second baseman he was. The guy could hit, not for power, but he could get on base. And if you remember... In the uh, the one game playoff with the New York Yankees, I he remember was, he was on base, ready to ready to, to run into the uh, the game winning yep. score, and yep. uh, Yastrzemski couldn't make it happen. There's no doubt, and he got Jerry Remy got on base, started that rally, and of course, you know, we all know what happened there. But I think you know, uh, for again going back to what I was talking about age wise, you know, a lot of people don't remember Jerry Remy the player; they remain remember Jerry Remy <clears throat> the the broadcaster, right? And he he turned a really good, solid um, local major league career into what's basically a Hall of Fame uh, broadcasting career. I mean, he he and Orsillo were. They were, in many ways, you know, uh, the gold standard that a lot of other play-by-play teams will be uh, compared to. God, when they got, when they would get going, and you know, and Orsillo, who was, you know, basically a local boy from from Springfield, right, uh, got to start with the um, with the Indians, I guess, or or the Falcons. It was the Indians. Indians, yeah. and. Um, God, Remy would get Orsillo going, and Orsillo would would just be squealing like a schoolgirl, <laughs> and it was hysterical. Yeah, it was awesome. What were you gonna say, Steve? Uh, no, I was I was gonna say, he, like you said, nobody really remembers him as the player as much as he was kind of like this beloved uh, uh, icon, no doubt. of of Red Sox Nation. But he, even not being a Red Sox fan, I thought he was well, like. I thought he was a great broadcaster. I really do. He was, but he was he was also a a real solid player yep. in his in his prime, and you know that gave him the, you know all the credibility that say no offense, like a Bob Montgomery probably couldn't give you Monty because <laughs> I think in the time that he played with the Red Sox, he actually only caught nine games. Yep, but. But Remy was out there every day and mm-hmm. and and producing. It was a real scrappy player. Yeah, and you know, um, I, I it's funny. I remember um, I was there uh, in spring training. I think it might have been say like 1988 or so. Um, we were down there, you know, with my first go around with Channel 40, and a buddy of mine that I went to uh, college with, Mark Quinzel, was the uh, the New England Sports Network. Uh, you know, coordinating producer for Red Sox baseball. So we're down there, and I hadn't seen Mark in a long time from college. And he's walking up to me, and I saw him, and and there and there's Jerry Remy, and he said, "Hey, Scott, I want I want to and s- smoking a cigarette." Sure. Okay. So that's rem- keep that in mind. So here's Jerry Remy and Mark Quinzel. Remy's smoking a cigarette. Comes up, hey, you know, uh, good to see you, Mark. You know what's going on? Ah, he says, I listen. This is uh, Jerry Remy. He's going to um, start doing color on the Red Sox baseball games. Wow! And I was like, hey, uh, Jerry, how you doing? <laughs> Remy was. I told you what a how he could be pretty miserable sometimes. Sure. He's just smoking a cigarette. Hey, how you doing? And that was it. And I was looking at him like, oh, I so that's that's going to be it, huh? That's all I'm going to get. He was probably nervous. 
he was nervous yeah. and he did have he had he had he he had issues with depression and he also had um issues with you know uh with people way back when um but yeah there he was smoking his cigarette walking in he had his little you know his uh, he had darker hair and a dark mustache uh, you know said goodbye and i always think about that because he's he's as much new england baseball as anybody who's ever played for the red sox no doubt about it so uh the patriots uh wind up winning a good a, a tough game biggest game of the year biggest win for them biggest win because it's really i mean it's the first decent team yep that they've beaten on the and they went on the road and they did it they came from behind to do it Great win. They also didn't rely solely on Mac Jones, who struggled a little bit. Yep. But uh, you know there were some great, uh, you know, great plays. That that interception at the end of the game was 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 fantastic. Fantastic. I mean, it just totally turns the whole game around. I mean, that's you know that's the kind of comeback win you always hope for. Yep. With the with with Bill Belichick and Patriots football, that was a that was a good solid pickup. Yesterday. It was, and you know, as as uh, as mediocre as Mac Jones played yesterday, here's something to keep in mind: he very much looked like Tom Brady in that uh, nine eight seven six um, minute period of the fourth quarter. He basically engineered what turned out to be the game-winning drive when Falk kicked his fourth field goal of the game. Mm-hmm. Jones was solid, n- uh, nice play action, steady as a rock. He, the rookie, helped win that game for them down the stretch. Meanwhile, Justin Herbert looked like Tom Brady yesterday in the fourth quarter. He did, man. <laughs> and in that game over. I yeah, mean, no Brady, doubt. Brady stunk it up uh, in, the, in the end of the game. And, you know, it's like one of those situations where they're, they're, you know, the flash and the graphic on the screen, you know, Tom Brady has had, you know, 50 come-from-behind victories in, you know, his 900-year-long career. Yep. <laughs> he just totally eats it, sacked twice, and intercepted for, for points. No doubt. Terrible. No doubt. Terrible. Terrible. Ter- that guy is terrible. He's terrible. the worst. Yeah, everybody's terrible. Got a, everybody's got a bad day once in a while. Yeah, but not Tom Brady. Tom Brady's not allowed to have he bad days. He's not allowed to have a bad day. Yeah, if the Bucks would have won that game, they, uh, they've got two losses now. They only would have had one, and there's a, a handful of teams that only have one loss. And listen, the fact that it was the Thursday night game, you know, kind of out of sight, out of mind. I, I, I did not. I'd be remiss if we didn't mention that. That, uh, that Green Bay Arizona game on I Thursday know. night. That was amazing, probably, amazing. Yeah, usually the funny part about it is usually the Thursday night game is meant to be the crappiest game on television. But it was, it was. You wind up having two of the best teams in football. Yep. Play it, and it wound up being an, a, you know, a, a great win for Green Bay and a surprising loss for Arizona, who has been who have been tough all season long. That yeah. was a, it was a good game. It was a good game, and you know, and it was one of those things. And it was actually uh, just like yesterday um, on the the pick six that obviously propelled the Patriots to their win. Uh, Justin uh, Justin Hebert was. Um, uh, Herbert was uh, he threw to a receiver who was not expecting that type of pass and was picked off and ran in. Same thing in the Arizona game at the end. I yep. mean, the Cardinals were driving for a sure touchdown and, you know, a broken play, interception, game over, and Aaron Rodgers, buddy, come on. Yeah. That guy is just I'm telling so you, good. If the Packers had spent uh, the time, the energy, and the money to surround him with the guys that he was comfortable playing with yep. and kept them there. And that was his There's big, no stopping. Yeah. There would have been no stopping Aaron Rodgers. He, right. I mean, we'd be, we'd be talking about him as one of the greatest all-time quarterbacks. Hey, still, listen, he still is. are. He is. But still are. But you know, to a much greater degree, had the Packers supported him 
over the years. Yeah, the fact they almost lost them, that's totally on the Packers, not on Aaron Rodgers. And that was Aaron Rodgers' big issue with them is the fact that they weren't giving him uh, the support that he thought that the team deserved. No, they'd wind up they'd wind up uh, you know, shuffling all these guys out, dropping them, waving them, trading them for for draft picks to play with guys he was you know he didn't know, wasn't comfortable with, and didn't have the skill set that the guys they just got rid of. Right. So it was you know I I in a way well I didn't I didn't like how the offseason felt. He certainly has proven that you know. He, he was right. He, he was right. He was right. All along. All along. Uh, did you see the story last week about Roger Goodell's uh, salary over the last two years? I did, Bax. $128 million. I just... As the commissioner of baseball, uh, it's, uh, commissioner of football, he makes more than Patrick Mahomes. I, How is that I, even I, I possible? I don't know. It's like I, I don't know the ins and the outs of his compensation uh, compensation package. Why would you? Why in the world would you need to pay him that much money? That that's a ridiculous amount of money. The other part of it is, you know, during COVID, he actually requested to have his salary, uh, you know, uh, terminated during COVID, and yet because of bonuses and everything else and all the other compensation right. he he received. He still winds up making one hundred twenty-eight million dollars. Crazy money. So I mean, it's 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 a ridiculous amount of money for a guy who most people hate. Hate not only hate, but they question whether he's really up up for the job. No doubt. It's like, how can I become a commissioner of something? Right. You know what? It's like he's he is uh, he's the caretaker of the league, and you know all those bonuses kick in because you know ratings and TV packages and this and that and the other thing. The NFL. You know, the funny, the great line from the movie, the NFL is the only uh, professional sport. It, it may be the only organization that gets its own day of the week. Okay? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. he's obviously doing something right. Oh, and by the way, the World Series is going on. Yeah, I know. And you know what? Uh, it, it was, it's uh, as uninspiring uh, today as it was just a few days ago. I simply... I'm not caring enough about uh, the I'm World not. Series. It's two teams I don't like. Yeah. You know, when you talk about commissioners, Rob Manfred, who's the uh, the baseball commissioner, was asked about uh, the Braves and the Tomahawk Chop and all of that kind of stuff. Um, because I remember when they took, they wanted to take the All-Star game away from Atlanta right. because of the voting situation down there. <clears throat> and I thought he, he said something really interesting. He said that Major League Baseball does not market itself on a national level. They market themselves locally, mm. which which kind of caught me. I think that's kind of silly. But he said he said that we'll deal with the Braves uh, uh, mascot and tomahawk chop right. locally, and and the uh, I guess the um, American Indian community in in Georgia supports all of that. And they don't care what New York or Chicago or Detroit thinks of that. And maybe if you look at that on a bigger scale, maybe that's what's wrong with with Major League Baseball. There's there's no baseball players doing Cheerios uh, commercials and and things like that. We, it's it, it's all basketball and football players. We've, we've talked about that before. I mean, you know, the greatest players in baseball now are invisible invisible you wouldn't know who the great players are nope. unless they're on your team sure if if mike trout if mike trout walked into this building 
um, you uh, you wouldn't be able to pick him out of a lineup unless he was wearing his uniform. Unless he was wearing his uniform, but you know, but with all due respect, he's probably not as you know. If Shaquille O'Neal walked in the building, even if you don't didn't know who Shaquille O'Neal was, you'd go, "Who the hell is that?" Yeah, but the thing is. And the NBA has done a brilliant job of marketing their yeah, best yeah. players. Yep. NFL has done that too. Um, you know, the NHL not so much, but you know, baseball hasn't. I mean, un- unless you're a Rod or Derek Jeter, who right. just you know, happened to be in New York, yep, you know, or happened to have played in New York during their career, you wouldn't know these guys. You and that's one of the reasons why baseball, I think, has <clears> been able has been you know fallen off the national spotlight. We just don't. They just don't market themselves yeah, like they should. But I think they market themselves in other ways, like if video games, for example. I mean, those those are heavily based on, you know, all of the players in the MLB and current rosters. They sure. are, so, they are, Steve. But but you know, the thing yeah. about the thing about that is, is that, the, you know, it's it's almost like they're you're uh, they're talking to themselves in that way because if you're a baseball fan, a hardcore baseball fan, you're going to be playing the baseball video game. Mm-hmm. But if you're if you're a you know, and I don't mean this is a sexist comment, if you're a housewife in Boise, Idaho, you're you know you're not playing the video game. But that housewife in in Boise knows who Shaquille O'Neal is. You misogynistic yeah, I'm, bastard. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm just. Yeah, I'm, you talking I about? I preface what, I, but you you guys know what no, I'm saying. No, it, 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 it's not part of a larger marketing plan that baseball could benefit from. Yep. You know they they you know we've talked about it before. About you know the the, the 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 audience of baseball, the players of baseball, the make the makeup of all of these different uh, all of these different uh, demographics, they're being under they're being underserved as far as baseball goes, and you have legitimate stars playing the game that sh- their faces should be on billboards and on product pl- placement. That, and it's costing and it, the players money. It, it is. They're it's not taking money off the table. He should be like, uh, was it Jake from State Farm? Is that what it is, right? Yeah. Uh, I, he, he should be, Mike Trout should be in, in that commercial, but he's not. Nobody cares. You're absolutely right. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. All right, Scott Cohen with Axon O'Brien at Rock 102. Hi. 7.30 with Baxton O'Brien at Rock 102. Uh, it's going to be mostly sunny today with a high of 56 tomorrow, partly cloudy with a high of 57. It's 47 right now in downtown Springfield. You know, uh, Tom Cotter, we're, uh, you know, pretty good friends with him. We have a nice rapport. Yes, we uh, do. With the comedian. Uh, his father passed away, uh, last week. He was in his, uh, nineties. Yeah. Former and, uh, surgeon. So I, uh, I texted Tom yesterday after finding out this news and I said, Hey Tom, just want to say, I'm really sorry to hear about your dad. And then an hour goes by, and I get, I blame you. <laughs> and I was like, you know, he hated you, right? <laughs> it's 731 of Rock 102. Rock 102's Pro Picks Pool is... 734. We're back on O'Brien to Rock 102. It's time for news, and it is brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement this month. Uh, Yankee Home is offering a free down payment coupon valued up to $1,400. Call today and mention Rock 102 for this special October, November offer. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Yeah, you got to change the month up when the. Uh, yeah, well, that's. The... I'm just reading what the what I'm being told. I know, I know. It's uh, it's all the information that's passed to us, which we try to pass along to you. A uh, man from uh, New Britain, Connecticut, was sentenced in Springfield Federal Court Friday for stealing 17 firearms 
from a West Springfield gun store. According to the U.S. Attorney's Office, 31-year-old Christian Castro was sentenced to 87 months in prison along with three years of supervised release. In May, Castro pleaded guilty uh, to the following charge. Uh, whatever, he's got all well, trafficking stuff. In August of 2020, Castro and a co-defendant, Fernando Rivera. Ooh, Fernando. Can you hear the drums, Fernando? <laughs> I remember long ago, another starry night like this. In the firelight, Fernando. That is a uh, classic ABBA track, isn't it? It's very much so. I love ABBA. People, uh, you know, people uh, sleep on them a little bit uh, these days, but man, they really, they really should not. Uh, Mama Mia is my favorite song. Really? Yeah, I like that one. I was kind of like uh, money, money, money. I was kind of like that one. Money, money, money. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. Blah blah, blah 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 blah. Good thing we know all the words. But yeah, wa- and yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta love Waterloo too. That's yeah, Waterloo. That's a good, a good yeah. song, man. Uh, anyway, uh, Fernando uh, went on a crime spree in Vermont, in New Hampshire, and Massachusetts. They stole from seven ATMs and stole 17 firearms from a gun store in West Springfield. During the crime spree, Castro was currently on state probation and had two prior convictions in Connecticut for larceny and possessing narcotics with intent to distribute. I don't know, like they add that in, like that makes a difference. That just makes you more likely to do stuff like this. Mm. You know, yeah. Like, oh, he was already on probation. Well, yeah. It's not like he's, well, what are you going to do? It's not like you're going to go get a job after you got indicted on uh, firearms charges. Well, you know, uh, will there be any character witnesses uh, for this guy? I don't know. People who are, uh, who could say, uh, knowing me, knowing you. Excuse me. Ah. See what I did there? I see what you did there. Trying to, uh, trying to work that all in. You like this stuff, don't you? You, know, you brought it up. You said that how much you liked ABBA. I didn't want anyone to sleep on this. Well, I also didn't like this song very much. I like, but I prefer Fernando or Mama Mia. All right, okay. You don't have to put it on. I'm just saying. There you go. There you go. They don't write them like that anymore. No way to better way to get you going at seven thirty eight in the morning. It's Mama Monday. Man. You know what are you gonna do? You know when no one's people are waking up. They're going to work. They're listening to us yap on about 
baseball and football, and all of a sudden someone says, hey, you know what I can do with right now? I don't want to really get my juices flowing. See, we should have had. Frickin' Abba. Yeah, and we should have had that as the uh, commercial background music for Mamma Mia when they were uh, <sighs> showing us. How the hell we can do something like that? A uh, former Buckland police chief was arraigned on three counts of sexual assault in Greenfield District Court Friday while awaiting action on a similar charge in Northampton Court. 55-year-old James Hicks was released on his personal recognizance after he entered not guilty pleas to three counts of indecent assault and battery on a person 14 or older, uh, according to the Greenfield Reporter. Recorder. Uh, all three uh, counts are related to a single alleged victim. Hicks entered a not guilty plea to the same charge in Northampton in August. That charge was transferred to the Green- from Greenfield Court as Hicks was then a member of the Buckland Police Department. The subsequent right. charges were filed after he retired as chief and later resigned as an auxiliary officer. So let me let me f- uh, try to follow you here. Yeah. He was being charged uh-huh. uh, with one count of uh, with one batch of assault charges. Yeah. And then he did it again. No, he, I don't think he did it again. The charge it says the charges stem from complaints filed in August. I see. By the same woman. In the first incident, the woman said Hicks responded to an August 16th call to her home when her roommate became aggressive and started breaking items in the home. Hicks separated the two after talking with the roommate, uh, sat with the alleged victim on the back porch of the home. She stated he began to kiss her and then Uh, slid his hand down her pants. It was the first time she had met the chief, she said. That's like, that's so odd. You know, like, if you, you don't know this guy... I, I don't know. That just it was seemingly, you know, was, uh, for the behavior on his part, mm-hmm. like, it, I don't know. Not that there's an excuse. No, there's, al- no, there's no excuse for right. what he's doing. I'm just saying. But was there alcohol involved in this story? I, I have no idea. Because that sounds like the action of someone who's loaded. The uh, woman also reported a separate incident she said occurred on August 19th when the woman's roommate again became problematic. Hicks arrived at the home and again separated the roommates and went alone with the uh, that alleged victim uh, twice grabbed her hand and forced it to touch his crotch. Oh, my God. The same victim reported that Hicks assaulted her at a Greenfield gas station the next day when he got into the passenger seat of her parked car and began touching her and putting his hand under his shirt. She said none of the contacts were consensual. State police investigated a second alleged victim when... Uh, uh, said a second alleged victim came forward to report she too was assaulted by Hicks after seeing Facebook postings by the first woman. The second woman said Hicks came to her home in December of 2018 to serve an emergency restraining order to her ex-husband. She met Hicks at the home, and as the two walked into her house, Hicks allegedly groped, slapped, and grabbed her buttocks. Jesus. Gee, this guy, uh, quite quite the cop. No, we talk I don't... about an, uh, an abuse of power and manipulation of victims of already have being assaulted by yeah. whoever they were with, and now you got to deal with it from the police, you know, from this guy. Ugh. Yeah, that's uh, that's awful. <sighs> anyway, uh, that's that's what's going on with that. So he's going to be facing all kinds of trouble. Uh, 78-year-old Thomas Hanley of Northampton was placed on probation for five years and lost his license until at least October 2025 after pleading guilty to a charge of negligent operation of a motor vehicle in Northampton District Court. Hanley admitted before a Northampton judge that he had crossed over a double yellow line on Route 66 in West Hampton into the path of a motorcycle operated by 57-year-old David Foster of Huntington. Hanley was trying to turn into a driveway after spotting a free lawn chair alongside of the road. 
Foster died the next day at Bay State Medical Center in Springfield, and the chief medical examiner ruled that Foster's death was caused by uh, impact injuries sustained in the collision. The, uh, these are among the most difficult cases when trying to come up with a fair sentence. The Commonwealth believes the sentence incorporates a fair punishment, the ability to allow the defendant to be rehabilitated, and a safety component to the general public, said the Northwestern Assistant DA Andrew Covington. Thanks to the state police for their hard work on this tragic case. Um, there, you know, I saw this report by AAA uh, that, you know, hey, drivers are getting better, but still not good enough. Well, what does that mean? Because people are driving like a-holes right now. Have you have you noticed that? Like Listen. This uptick in people speeding and just being general a-holes out on the road. I have seen a couple of things. Uh, yeah, now granted, it's Islam at a rotary. I mean, you know, and that's, you know, that is, you know, purposely designed to put people at risk. I, I get that. But I've seen a couple of things like the last three weeks that even I was stunned by. I've seen people go through, uh, you know, without, without yeah. yielding. I've seen people go down the wrong way in a rotary. Mm-hmm. I've, uh, I also saw someone go through a red light the other day. It's like, no, nah, we're not getting better. We're just not really getting caught. We're, yeah, we're, we're just not having as many people being pulled over. I don't know what it is. Like, there have been a couple of times when we've been driving up to, uh, to Vermont, still in Massachusetts, you know, like around the Greenfield area. Where people are driving like morons, and it just you know, there's like, it's hard to imagine that anyone would have the nerve to lie to your face and say, "No, I think we're getting better." You know, uh, not not if you're not if you're driving out there with them. I do notice though the uh, if uh, the type of vehicle you're driving in, how much respect you get. So I own two vehicles. I own a uh, a, a pickup truck. Yeah, nice big old bull pickup truck. Right to show everybody that I got a small penis. And then on the other hand, <laughs> you don't need a truck for that, Steve. I have a minivan, which people make fun of me a lot for. Sure. Why are you driving a minivan? Listen, I don't care if you make fun of me for having a minivan. It's practical. It uh, it carries a lot of stuff. You got young kids, a minivan well, makes lots of sense. But yeah, but also owning a DJ business, it's very easy to travel around and easy in and easy out with sure. loading and unloading into the uh, into the vehicle. Uh, but I do notice the difference in respect you get from driving each vehicle. When you're in a pickup truck, you were like, well, go ahead, you fine gentlemen, please. It's your turn to go at this, uh, this four-way stop. I'm going to flick my lights and let you go. Oh, would you like to uh, cut in front of me in front of traffic? Sure, Mr. Pickup Truck Man. Go ahead. Go right in front of me. <laughs> you're in a minivan. People are like... F you! Get out of my way! See, I don't think it's about you know, showing you courtesy. I think people are afraid of a guy in a pickup truck of your size. Versus a guy of my size driving a minivan? Yes. It's kind of like those fat twins on the mopeds in the Guinness Book of World Records, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You say, you know, because you don't know if a guy's got a truck, and you've got a pretty, you know, decked out truck, right? Well, it's not decked out. It's just the way it's it's a it's a nice truck. It's a nice. truck. I don't truck. have any lifts or uh, no. exhaust or you, you know anything like not that. Not yet, but I can see you getting that aftermarket. Oh, but you yeah. never know if some guy's got like a like a gun rack behind him in that truck or you know what you know you know what he's doing. You know, for all you know, there may be a, a spittoon in there. He's playing nothing but country western music. You know, you don't want to you don't want to mess with a guy like that in a truck. But the guy in the minivan, ugh, what are you gonna do? I mean, that's. That guy was emasculated the moment he drove that thing off the lot. 
and I've owned my share of them myself. That I know exactly what you're talking about. Never had the truck, but I have had the minivan. Did you ever give very, any- very hard to feel cool in a minivan. Did you ever give any lady the Manhattan minivan? I don't know what that is. Two in the front and five in the rear, my right, friend. No, I, yeah, I not, hey, yeah. No, I haven't about. actually. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> not in the minivan. <laughs> yeah. More. I'm, you're more of an SUV type of guy. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Right. You yeah. only fit three in the back. <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't make me a bad person. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast brought to you by Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. Next time you're at the beverage cooler, look for the black and white can. It's Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. It's velvety smooth and never bitter because Fogbuster is air roasted. Going to be mostly sunny today with a high of 56. Tomorrow, partly cloudy with a high of 53. It's 46 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 7.53. And Def Leppard at Rock 102. Uh, mostly sunny today with a high of 56. Tomorrow, partly cloudy with a high of 56. It is 46 right now in downtown Springfield. So today is uh, November 1st, right? Mm-hmm. And that means that you have uh, like 21 days before the start of the Mayflower Marathon. It's beginning on Monday, November 22nd at 6 a.m. and extends to Wednesday, November the 24th. At 10, uh, of course, the goal is to fill three 48-foot trailers with non-perishable food donations for the Springfield Open Pantry. We need your your help to make that happen. Now, last year, obviously, we couldn't be at the Hall of Fame. Uh, we're going to be there this year. We will take uh, cash donations, but also plenty of non-perishable foods. Last year was a great year for cash donations, and we appreciate the help. But every year, they're feeding up to 30,000 people every single year. So uh, let's uh, let's get back on track. Start your collection at work or at school or at home, and uh, help the folks out of the Springfield Open Pantry. Thanks to all of our sponsors, including Bing Y World Class Markets, Capital Moving and Storage, Manny Appliances, Inf- uh, Xfinity, Camping World of West Hatfield, and many more. Plus, you can get all your details at rock102.com. It's the Mayflower Marathon, brought to you by Dave Miner Exterior Home Improvement, Liberty Bank, and Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. Uh, you know, uh, you're, did you hear about this high school in California, Inglewood High School? Um, no, what about it? Uh, Inglewood, uh, Morningside and Inglewood High School. So they must be, it's kind of like Enfield, Fermi, you know, when they had the two high schools there. Sure. Or whatever. Uh, faced off Friday and a matchup decided well before the opening kickoff. The final score, uh, reflected that. Inglewood 106, Morningside 0. That's a little lopsided. Yeah. Inglewood led 59 to 0 after the first quarter and ru- and a running clock didn't start until late in the second quarter. After according. the first quarter? <laughs> yeah. The team attempted a two-point conversion while up 104 to 0 and quarterback Justin Martin, who committed to the UCLA Bruins last week, threw 13 touchdown passes. <laughs> It was a classless move, Morningside coach Brian Collins said on Saturday. Seven Inglewood players, all transfers, are committed to play college football, per the L.A. Times. Meanwhile, the Daily Breeze reported Morningside players met Collins for the first time a week prior to the season, and Collins referenced local Southern California prep powerhouses as comparable competition for Inglewood. Listen, I don't, you know, the idea that you can't run up a score is ridiculous. Don't they have a, a, a mercy rule in I, high school football, know, I though? I thought apparently they don't because this would have been ended after the first quarter with the 59-0. to zero. Well, no, you got three more quarters to catch up. 
But uh, you know, wow. the, the idea, you know, that's I think that's just being a sore loser. Uh, I don't know about that. I I think uh, or a sore winner. No, no, no. The, the the guy who lost was like, oh, I can't believe they did this. This is a classless move. It's a classless move because you didn't score any points. <laughs> That's what do you what do you tell your kids on the way back home after something like that happens? Can you we, know, there's always next week. Can we go for ice cream? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, that's are what, you kidding me? Yeah, that's right. Best best way to, to to pick up the pieces is to drown your sorrows in fat buttermilk. Why? So you can fumble your birthday cake ice cream all over the back of my car like you fumbled the ball 300 times during that game? You... Oh, my God. 106 that's brutal. to nothing. Jeez. Yeah. Good times out in Inglewood. It's 7.57 with Bax and O'Brien. It's Steve Nagel on Rock 102. Save yourself 30% at the... And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Outdoor Power Headquarters. Steel, Ego, and Craftsman. Rocky's Outdoor Power Trifecta. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, I'm going to age myself here for a minute, so sit tight as I take you all with me. You see, I'm old enough to remember a time when the name Jerry Remy and the Boston Red Sox weren't even ever used in the same paragraph. I remember a time when the starting second baseman for the Boston Red Sox was Denny Doyle. Many of you may not remember Denny Doyle other than for his costly base running mishap where he was thrown out at home in the 12th inning of the sixth game of the 1975 World Series. You know, the one that set up the dramatic Carlton Fisk home run that we still talk about today. No disrespect to nothing, but Denny Doyle was garbage. You couldn't hit his way out of a paper bag, much less run around the bases. Two seasons later, Denny Doyle was out. Then on December 8th, 1977, the Red Sox made what many consider to be one of the most important trades of the late 1970s. They traded largely forgettable starting pitcher Don Ossie and a big stack of 1977-sized cash to the California Angels for their team captain, Jerry Remy. Remy, a native of Fall River, would go on to make the All-Star team, but he'd also be a part of the 1978 team in which Bucky Dent's home run haunt the Red Sox fans for the next 43 years during that one-game playoff against the Yankees, who then went on to win the World Series. To his credit, he was the only Red Sox player on base and ready to score when Carl Yastrzemski made the final out of the game. Nevertheless, he would spend six more years playing for the Red Sox, retiring with a field percentage of 9.8, uh, excuse me, .981. On Saturday, Jerry Remy died at the age of 68 after fighting lung cancer for the last 13 years. After his career, Remy became one of the most beloved broadcasters in New England sports history. Beloved not only because he was hilarious and off the cuff, as he was knowledgeable, but he was also one of us, a lifelong, hard-suffering Boston Red Sox fan. Where's Denny Doyle and Don Ossie these days? I couldn't tell you. But for the last 33 years, Jerry Remy has been in our homes, turning some boring Red Sox games into television gems. And maybe that's why or what we're going to miss most about the guy. I know I certainly will. So rest in peace, Rem Dog, and thank you for being a part of the Red Sox family for the last 33 years. But hey, you never mind. Yappin' Sports brought to you by Rockies Ace Hardware. Steven at the Palmer Rockies is a steel power equipment expert. He knows his stuff trained by steel. He can help repair your steel chainsaw, your steel backpack blower. Need advice and outdoor power equipment? Steven's your guy, and you'll find him at the neighborhood Rockies Ace Hardware in Palmer. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 810. 
<clears throat> Excuse me, and Tom Petty and Rock 102. Going to be uh, mostly sunny today with a high of 56. Tomorrow, partly cloudy with a high of 53. It's 46 right now in downtown Springfield. You know, we uh, we talked earlier uh, this morning, and we also talked late last week, about the fact that you and I had competing Halloween parties going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that you, you you felt like your party was uh, was better than mine. And it was. Uh, although I had, you know, some uh, some contestants at the costume contest who had made uh, the effort to be at both and felt uh-huh. that mine uh, was superior in a lot of different ways. Um, but I'll be honest with you. Uh, I found it uh, to be very difficult because I, I had to overcome tremendous obstacles just to make sure that everyone was having a good time. What is that? The DUI checkpoint near the no, rumble seat? No, because normally I would have uh, I would have warned everybody on a Facebook pay, uh, mm-hmm. post. Yeah, that uh, yeah DUI. I, I mean, try to, to do that to all me, the time. I mean, to me, that's an obstacle. Yeah, well, you know, that's you. <laughs> but you know, for for many people, uh, yeah. that's uh, you know, if you're if you're if you're <laughs> if you can just hold on to your alcoholism right. uh, long enough, you might not have to worry about the uh, the checkpoint. A couple weeks ago. I, as I told you, I, I injured my, myself exercising. One of the biggest mistakes of my life is listening to a doctor say that a guy who's in his mid-50s should be exercising. Like, that's supposed to be good for you. What are the, Medical science doesn't know jack squat about exercise and what's healthy. And yet, here I am on a, uh, on a rowing machine tearing my knee to shreds for this ruse that somehow it's going to make me uh, healthy and uh, all muscular and ripped. Right. So, as you know, I've been hobbling around here for like the last three weeks, right? Yeah. You've noticed that, right? I Yeah, yeah but it was it's different than your normal hobbling that you normally do. No, I know. This this is more profound. Yeah. This this is like you can see the grimacing in my face. Mm-hmm. And you can see, uh, yeah, I make a lot more of those old man noises and uh, I'm sweating a lot more. Simply because it's harder and harder to walk around this, you know, up and down stairs when I got to go to the bathroom or, you know, coming down here to do a radio show. Yeah. You're making noises like the German porno. The. So I have been uh, doing everything I can to uh, avoid the pain. I got, I had an old pair of, uh, of, of uh, crutches, mm-hmm. using those, elevating it. Icing it, heating it. I go see a doctor. Uh, the doctor says we got. We'll take X-rays, and then we'll get you to see an orthopedic specialist who will, at that point, say these X-rays are doing nothing. We need to do like an MRI. Now I'm still waiting for that appointment. That's coming up in like uh, eight days. Did you? Are you using old crutches because they wouldn't give you new ones? No, I had. I had crutches from a previous devastating injury. Right, but usually when you have a new injury, they'll say, "You know what? Uh, we should get you these crutches." Yeah, they don't. Uh, they don't really do that anymore. Yeah. What? Uh, what are you going to some flyby night? Uh... My my doctor had to uh, move to a different practice, and so uh, and and even then, malpractice. I had to... <laughs> and even then, I had to go see a PA because yeah. he was not available to see. The likes of me until January. So I'm like, well, listen, that that will well, not do. Listen, a PA is just as good as a doctor, uh, in my opinion. But the 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 idea that there's no appointments available. Yeah, and I don't understand how the medical community works. 
You know, like, uh, you know what? I'm not feeling that well. I guess I should go get checked up. Well, we have an appointment in uh, January of 2024. <laughs> but, but I'm, yes, but but I'm, I'm sick dying. right at this moment. I'm dying now. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. The earliest we can see you is is August of 2027. It's almost oh, I'll, like, I'll take it. But it's almost like they force you to go to, like, the... The Jiffy Lube offices, you know, those MedExpresses yeah, and I know. You know, whatever. And not that there's anything wrong with those places. No, I mean, I've, there's I've... not, but I but I don't think, like, that's not, when you're a doctor that you've been seeing for so many years or you're going to see a specialist mm-hmm. and you can't get an appointment for six to eight months away, or in your case, what, three months? Still three months away. Yeah, right. So uh, That's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. So I got to see the PA right away. I was able to make uh, an appointment to see uh, the orthopedic specialist, uh, so that's coming up uh, next week. But in the meantime, I'm hobbling around. I'm in a good deal of discomfort. I mean, I, I'm still coming in here like a man and broadcasting like a professional, like a Hall of Fame caliber broadcaster every single freaking day of my life mm-hmm. uh, without complaint and without hostility. You can't hear that in my voice right now, right? Right. Yeah. Okay, follow me. So... I re-injured the, uh, the, the, the knee uh, last weekend uh, trying to get out of the way of my 80-pound dog. Mm-hmm. I told you about that. Yeah. He's, uh, he's in the backyard. I go and get him like a dope. He comes running af- after me. I step out of the way, and it feels like someone is shoving knives into my knee. So there's that. Then we speed. And so it took a couple of days. All of a sudden, it's starting to feel a little bit better. Now I'm down to one crutch. And for mm-hmm. a couple of days, it was no crutches. But there was Saturday. The Halloween celebration. Now, as you know, Steve, I put 100% into everything I do when it comes to personal appearances yeah, uh, representing the radio station. Especially your all-original costume you came up with. It's it, it's not about the costume, Steve. It's about how much I'm bringing to the table otherwise. And, you know, uh, I was ready to roll. I was ready to... I was ready to meet and greet everybody. You know, uh, you know really, you get a chance to, to rub the uh, the grizzly and unwashed uh, people who listen to the show every single day of their lives. And I was ready to go. Now, to start things off, uh-huh. I wanted to address the crowd, right? Yeah. So you've been to the Rumble seat. You know what the, uh, how the setup is. Yeah. They got a little uh, stage wedged into the corner of the building. Mm-hmm. Stage is only like a foot off the ground. It's not a high stage. It's not like... No, but it's enough to propel somebody up there to, to say, hey, I'm above all of you. Yes. Uh, and here is what I have to say. Yeah, I'm... I'm the entertainment you're paying uh-huh. for, that you're expecting tonight, and here I am elevated above you so that you know it's me. You know what I'm doing because I'm elevated. So I think I'm going to have to go and try to finagle my way above this one-foot step so I can stand on top of the stage. Uh-huh. Now, there's a DJ there, and she's doing a very good job, and uh, I go ahead and try to step up to the stage. Okay. Which leg did you use to uh, the hoisting leg? Which was the leg that you put up on the stage first in order to push the rest of your body up into the air onto the stage? Well, let me try to answer that question as indirectly as possible. Um, And let me try to answer it with another scenario. Uh Um, When your uh, late wife gave birth to your first child, how soon after that did she say, let's have another one? Uh, very quickly. Because she completely forgot about all the pain, right? Yeah. And couldn't remember a lot of the details of that pain because she's all all the way over to another one. 
Same thing with me. I can't remember what leg I stepped up in. I don't know if it was my right leg or the left leg. Doesn't really matter. All I know is the moment I stepped on the stage, I felt this sharing explosion of pain in my knee to the point where I actually yelled, got up on stage, and said, how the hell am I going to get down off of this? Dude, it's like uh, Rock 102 sending their best players, the injured players, uh, to represent us. Let me tell you something. I was in extraordinary pain all night. At the uh, at the party, mm-hmm. I didn't get back on stage for the rest. I I basically stood at the front of the stage, and then just you know projected my my very loud voice uh, to the crowd because there was no getting back up on that stage at that point. There was no way I was going to do that. But I had my crutch with me, so I'm hobbling along, and it the pain is like getting worse as the night is going on, and uh, and and so after the party was over, I quickly hobbled to the car. And my wife and I drove home, mm-hmm. where I cho- where I then did not sleep for the remainder of the night yeah. because there was nothing I could do. So I am uh, I am nursing the hell out of this thing. I didn't do anything yesterday. Everything was I was it was elevated, ice, heat, complaining, uh, you know, opioids, booze, uh, antidepressants. I did everything I could to make sure that I wasn't going to feel any pain. You know, I uh, I would normally feel sympathy for uh, you and your medical ailments, and uh, you know, but here you are sitting there being a crybaby bitch, really uh, talking about your pain, uh-huh. because through all of that pain, through all of that pain, and all the the things that you're complaining about, about how you had to be nursed uh, by your wife back to the house, right, and oh right. my God, I couldn't sleep, right. You still, before you left, took the time out of your pain to have the entire crowd record a video saying, Suck it, Steve Nagel. But uh, uh, well, here's the actual video. Steve Nagel, suck it! One, one more time! Steve Nagel, suck it! Yeah. yeah. So, well, uh, you know, yeah. if you're looking for some sort of sympathy from me, uh, well, let me let me just explain, Steve. That was karma. No, well, no, that was not karma. Yes, it was karma. No, no, this this was this was uh, this was getting back to you, uh, back at you because you started the fight. You you're the one who started it. I was just the one who put the cap on the top and screwed it real tight. To which you were so offended by that you have to conjure up this fake injury story that you have. Oh, oh no. My oh, no. I have yeah. faked many things in my life, including uh, interest and uh, uh, enthusiasm. This is not one of those fake injuries. Steve Nagel started a fight with me. I'm offended. Listen, you posted on Saturday mm-hmm. that people should go to your party because it was going to be better. And then I responded by saying, I don't think so. We're going to have a mayonnaise midget mash fest at the Rumble Seat, which we did. Food lotion mash fest. Okay, yeah. food lotion, maybe yeah. that's true. Nevertheless, they're both fine parties, but I brought it to the table in spite of a, yep. a, a wretched uh, injury to my knee. 
But I never said uh, suck it backs or uh, go fist yourself. Wait, or whoa, wait, wait, yeah, wait a what? minute. Now you're stepping on some very tender areas. Yeah. I never said any of that stuff. I was merely pointing out how the party that I was hosting at 7B's at the corners of Route 10 and 202 in Westfield... <laughs> Chef Jeff in the kitchen cooking up daily delicious food specials every day. Uh, that uh, that that would be a better party than yours, well, solely for the fact that I was going to be there. Well, Steve, listen, uh, I, this is not a, an indictment of you. It's not a criticism. It's just uh, you know, it just based upon years of of uh, of building something substantial at the Rumble seat with the Halloween celebration I knew that you know, listen, this was going to be a better party no i think that w- what's happened here is clearly i had the better party you know that so you had to scramble hmm. uh to come up with an excuse of uh why you, why you couldn't have that much fun because you were so yeah. injured? I I see you uh, being a little butthurt on this whole thing. That's I'm what not, I that's what I see. I'm I, not the one complaining about how I had to have somebody carry me home. Oh, I'm I'm not complaining. I'm just telling you that I uh, overcame obstacles to make sure that everybody had a great time. And that, then and then Steve he wrote this thing on Facebook. <laughs> That said, my party, his party was going to be better than mine. So then I had all the people at the party tell him to suck it. And then, you're, I, and you're, then I hurt myself. You're just jealous because you didn't have enough people to make a video at your party. What are you talking about? We had plenty of people. Really? Because yeah. they were all coming to my party after they were done no, with yours. there was two of them that I know of that went to your party. Yeah, they told me they were the only two at your party. Because they were seeking out prizes. And, Which uh, they won. And I said to them, as I handed them two T-shirts, I said, make sure you go tell Bax what a crappy party he's running over there. That's yeah, the and then they came and said, hey, we were just at Nagel's party. Wasn't that good? Yeah, well. This is a much better party, thanks to you. And I'm sorry to hear about your knee injury. That's how that was. Worked out fine. I, I have no sympathy for you. It's 824 with Bax and Steve Nagel at Rock 102. Sports betting. Pro contractors depend on Pro Tool for a full line of diamond products, diamond slab saws, electric diesel and gas, diamond products core drills and bits, diamond products tile saws, brick and block saws, and all the blades to go with them. Pro Tool in Springfield for diamond products, rentals and sales. Pro contractors depend on Pro Tool. Need pro equipment? Call Pro Tool in Springfield. 732-8044. 732-8044. It's 827 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. You know, I feel sometimes that uh, I'm like working in a nursing home between you and Sean (laughs) and Dave over there getting hit by a uh, a car. I know. Even even Dan Williams got hit by that truck. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like everybody, you know, I'm going to jinx myself. I don't want to jinx myself. Well, you just got to be careful of yourself. That's it. I'm the healthiest one here. <laughs> I know that's that's the weird part about it. You know, once you get to a certain age, you're just you're just prone to things you know falling apart on you. That's it's part of the aging thing. It's like you know they they tell you that you know aging isn't for isn't for wimps. They're not they're not joking about that. Aging is uh that's tough stuff. No, but I also think that there's a level of uh you know the reason why I do go do these weight training things and all that stuff is to keep my body strong enough mm-hmm. to be able to lift myself up with my own legs when I'm in my 70s. Sure. And every time I wind up following the same path, 
I wind up hurting myself. That's because you're doing it wrong. No, yeah. it means it means that that it's good for some and not for others. Yeah, but- I happen to be one of the. The uh, percentage of people who is tender and fey. Yeah, but, you know, exercising, you have to adapt to what your skill level is. Sure. You can't just go in and go, ah, I'm going to start doing this, you know. How long were you using that rowing machine before you before you injured yourself? Uh, I'd say almost like uh, two months. Two months. Yeah. But were you trying too hard, or were you doing the minimum amount that... Uh, you were you did when you first started doing it two months ago. Well, you you mean you work your way up. I mean, it's not do it for like uh, you know a couple of minutes and then you know I'd add more time. And right. at, at the uh, at the time that I uh, injured myself, I was doing up to a half hour, shredding calories like crazy, building muscle, you know, slimming down. That was a real piece before I injured myself. Oh yeah, you look now like look at it. me. I'm like a slovenly, uh, you know, puddle of 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 of, of slop and and, and aspirin. Um, I, I, I'm just thinking that there's other things you can do. Yeah, well, it's going to have to be. You know, you can use that, uh, you can use like an arm machine. Why don't you start using one of those? One of those things that you know, it's like an arm bike. Arm bike. Arm bike. Yeah. And you, uh, you increase the resistance every time that you need to, to, to make yourself a little bit better than you were before. Yeah, but I never want to skip leg day. You don't need leg day. Oh, you, you need leg day. You just need to have your circulation going and be able to have some sort <sighs> of muscle, whether it be your arms or your legs, preferably both, but sometimes you can't do both, to lift yourself up if you need to when you're lying in a hospital bed when you're 82 years old. When I get my hands on my doctor seven or eight months from now, I am going to give him a piece of my mind and tell him, listen, this... This uh, medical advice that you've been giving me for years, it's a little flimsy. I'm going to tell you, I'm not convinced you know what you're talking about. I still uh, just find that absolutely ridiculous <laughs> that you can't get an appointment anytime soon. When, when you're injured or sick. Yeah. yeah, they'll see you in about two months when you're no longer injured or sick. Well, my yeah, doctor- Once you've gone through the healing process, your doctor will be happy to see you. Yeah. Well, ridiculous. I, uh, it is ridiculous, and uh, I think uh, nothing is going to change for you, so good luck for your appointment. Well, thank you very much. Hey, by the way, if you miss any part of uh, the Bax and O'Brien show, including this one, uh, you can check out the Bax and O'Brien daily podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify, or directly from BaxandO'Brien.com. Also, Baxi's musical podcast, my guest this week, author Dan Ozzie, the author of the book called Sellout, the major label feeding frenzy that swept punk, emo, and hardcore 1994 and 2007. It's actually a really interesting book, and uh, you can check that out on BaxnoBrian.com. We have news next on Rock 102. If New England's starting quarterback throws a touchdown, you could win a Collinsville watch from the Gold Trader. Go to thegoldtraderstore.com slash 102 to enter. And each week throughout the 2021 regular season, if New England's starting quarterback throws a touchdown, someone will win their choice of a men's or women's Collinsville watch from the Gold Trader and the Diamond Shop, 1360 Allen Street, Springfield, and Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. You don't need any more worries. Check your auto insurance policy. Full coverage often means the minimum amount required by law, which is not the same as what's needed to protect you and your family. This is important. Check your policy today. And if you are ever in an accident, Springfield's accident specialists are Chernick and Chernick Law. Michael Chernick has more than 30 years working with juries, over 3,500 personal injury cases. If you are hurt in an accident, remember Chernick and Chernick Law at ChernickLawFirm.com. 
Rates are low. Now's the perfect time to build, buy, renovate, or refinance your home. Munson Savings Bank can help you find the perfect mortgage loan solution. Visit MunsonSavings.Bank. Your bank forever. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Hi, I'm Greg Ravesy, president of Bismarck Construction Company. We're based in Milford, Connecticut. My father started the business in 1982, and since then, we've been affiliated with the Carpenters Union. My partnership with the Carpenters Union makes my business work. When you have clients that require a specific program or a schedule to be maintained, it's very important to have those union carpenters available. You can call and get those union carpenters that day. We're always getting the right person for the right job. We're strong believers in the apprentice program. The apprentice program takes an energetic person that wants to learn and they train them. It's a very, very important piece to the puzzle because without training the apprentices of today, tomorrow there won't be any skilled craftsmen. The carpenters make my life easy. They provide a skilled workforce. They let me expand my business. Without them, I wouldn't be who I am today. The Carpenters Union is an important piece of who we are. Build your business with the North Atlantic States Carpenters Union. Visit nasrcc.org. 833 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. It's time for news. Brought to you by Serviu Locksmith. They got a key for that. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Well, thanks, Bax. You're very welcome, Steve. Uh, this computer is just, it sucks. I don't understand why, why we can't get new ones. In is it. it the wheel behind the nut or the nut no, behind the wheel? No, it is the, uh, the wheel behind the nut. You That's sure about what, that? Yes, I'm sure about that. I'm, I tell you what, my computer equipment is working like a top over here. I haven't yeah. had a single problem all day. Because you have a new computer in there. I, the one who really needs it every day, does not have one. And I've been told uh, for the last five years, hey, we're going to get you a new computer. <laughs> I was like, oh, great. I can't wait to get an Atari. <laughs> one of those or Commodore, Commodore Vic, 64. Vic, uh, right, with a, with a, with a <laughs> cassette recorder hard drive. A uh, man from New Britain, Connecticut, was sentenced in, fri- in Spring- uh, Springfield Federal Court Friday for stealing 17 firearms from a West Springfield gun store. And uh, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office, 31-year-old Christian Castro was sentenced to 87 months in prison. Along with three years of supervised release in May, Castro pleaded guilty to a number of charges. In August of 2020, Castro and a defendant, Fernando Rivera, went to on a crime spree in Vermont, New Hampshire, and Massachusetts. They stole uh, from seven ATMs and stole 17 firearms from a gun store in West Springfield. And during the crime spree, Castro was currently on state probation and had two prior convictions in Connecticut for larceny and possessing uh, narcotics with intent to distribute. How is uh, it must be really hard to steal from an ATM? Unless you're, I mean, unless you're doing it in like an electronic thing where you've skimmed the cards and then you take the money out, you know. I think that's the only way you can do it. Well, I mean, you could bust it open, but uh, you know how hard that would be? You see the the scene in uh, Breaking Bad where the two crackheads are trying to break open the ATM? Yeah. It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work, and I don't think... uh, I don't think I have the. I don't have the ability. I don't have that kind of ability in no, me. I, I, listen, I, 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 I had to uh, use a butter knife as a screwdriver a few weeks ago. I, you know, I, I'm not prepared for that kind of work. I don't have the kind of tools. I don't have that kind of knowledge to open up, like a piece of electronic equipment, like an ATM, and expect that I'm just going to be pulling you know sheets of dollar bills out out of that thing. Yeah, I remember I had a, uh, I had a soda machine key once. Oh, yeah. Back in the 90s. Somebody had given us a, 
We knew, like, my friends knew somebody who, like, maybe did that kind of work, mm-hmm. you know, like, filling vending machines. Right. And then uh, we somehow got a key. I think it was probably stolen from the guy. And then uh, we would open soda machines and take soda. I had a boss who uh, left that key on top of the soda machine. And so you could, and, and he would, anybody could just, you know, let you open up that thing and just pull the cans right out of the machine. That was a good way of doing it. Everybody appreciated that. I remember being at a, at a firehouse for a, a party in New Jersey years ago. And uh, they had, uh, like, a Pepsi machine. Yeah. Uh, and it would be like, uh, <laughs> they had listed on the on the. On the buttons, not the soda names, but it said uh, uh, soda regular and diet soda light. They were indicating that there were cans of beer inside that vending machine, (laughs) but they couldn't actually say, hey, there's beer in here. But it was like a secret code. Yeah. I I like that. that. I thought that was was pretty good. You know, you got to... you gotta market your. You gotta do your marketing incognito. I don't see why you couldn't put a twelve ounce can of bo- of uh, of beer in a in a cooler like that. Why I, not? I told you, my dad. Uh, you know, being the professional alcoholic that he was, used to like because you couldn't bring like beer to the beach. So right. He had these labels that would go on the outside <laughs> of the cans that were like looked like. A soda can, but it was something was off about it that it wasn't like a copyright infringement. Right. So we had these labels that said Pipsy on it, <laughs> and he would he would, we would go to the uh, we'd go to the beach or he'd go fishing or whatever, and he'd uh, he'd drink his Pipsy. Right. Which was really just Bud Heavy's disguised like, as a Pipsy can, like fifteen at a time. Yeah. That's uh, that's some that's some real uh, shady kind of stuff. Shady, but you got to give him credit. Yeah, you know, if he spent the whole day at the beach, that's like a whole day away from booze, unless he gets creative about it. True. And I have, I, I, I think you have to credit the guy. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, he did have some, uh, some interesting. Wa- you know, I remember my dad used to go to like he used to go to the grocery store on a Sunday, right? Right. He'd go, he'd go over to the there, there was the big Y in uh, in sixteen acres before it was the Fresh Acres Market. Now. Right. But he'd go over there. And right next door was Jimmy's. Remember Jimmy's Lounge? I do. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's he would go. He would go out and he'd go get some stuff at the grocery store, and then uh, sit there for hours on end at Jimmy's and drink and get hammered, and then come home <laughs> like four hours later. Right. And he'd be like, "You should have seen the line at the grocery store." <laughs> Why is the ice cream melted? I don't know. I think the freezers were broken or something. Why is the milk spoiled? I don't know. It's just uh, it was hot in there. It was really, really hot in there. It was all these, you know, he tried to fool my mother. Like, she didn't know that he stopped at a bar because he's, you know, half in the bag when he, or he's in the bag fully when he gets home. (laughs) He's like in a sack race. He's so much in the bag. Yeah. And then I always, uh, when I was a kid, I always wondered, uh, you know, by the time I got to be a teenager and started to actually drink a beer for myself. Right. I always wondered, how, how does this guy get hammered off a six-pack of beer? Because that was like the routine. He'd come home every day from work, and he would drink a six-pack of beer. And he'd be absolutely hammered. And then when you, find, when you start going to health class and you start finding out about tolerance levels mm-hmm. and how... 
you know, somebody who's been drinking for like 20 or 30 years has a much higher tolerance than uh, somebody like me at the age of 16 Sure, uh, that would get drunk off of two or three beers. And uh, it turns out my brother revealed this to me. Yeah, Dad used to pay me a dollar to go clean out all the empty nip bottles under the seat of the car because he'd probably have like three or four of them. Your brother, your brother, probably making sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year at that point. You know, it's funny how so many people like you think this that problem like only relates to you, but there are people that come up to me and they're like, you know, you tell those stories about your dad on the radio. That happened to me. There are so many pe- many people out there with these like, oh, of course hidden uh, things that they don't want anybody else to know about because it's such a bad thing to have a problem. Right. You know, society views you as almost a failure sometimes when you when you have an addiction issue. Right. You know, nobody wants... You know, we push booze on people all the time, but then all of a sudden when you have a problem with it, like, well, you don't want to associate with you. But yet you're now left with a lifetime of scars and great stories. Well, he, he, I couldn't, uh, he couldn't wait until I was able to get my license so he had a uh, non-legal issue driving home from the bar. Now, how old were you at the time when you realized that going grocery shopping shouldn't take four hours in a day? I was probably nine. <laughs> because right. my mother would go out. She would go, gro- if she went grocery shopping on a Sunday afternoon, for right. say, she would be gone for like four hours, but that was only to not be around him. And she would actually go shopping. She didn't even drink, you know? Right. So he'd be complaining, where the hell's your mother? How is she taking so long at the grocery store? <laughs> but for a similar reason, you take so you take so long at the grocery store. I don't know. People uh, people tend to make stuff up in order to make themselves look better because they know that they already have a problem. You know what I mean? I get you. Uh, let's see. Uh, the former Buckland police chief facing a sexual assault charge, assault charge in Northampton District Court pleaded not guilty in Greenfield District Court on Friday to three additional counts of the same charge, indecent assault and battery on a person 14 or over. 55-year-old James Hicks of Buckland was released on personal recognizance and is due back in Greenfield uh, for a pretrial hearing on January 4th. On August 26th of 2019, Hicks pleaded not guilty in Northampton District Court to one count of indecent assault on a person 14 or over. Earlier on Friday, a judge in Northampton allowed the state's motion to get copies and inspect records. Another motion hearing is set for December 16th. Apparently, he uh, he's accused of going to a person who was a victim of a domestic assault and then groping them while putting his hands down their pants after speaking with them. That's inappropriate. And then also uh, from another woman who came forward after hearing that victim's complaints about him, about he was on another call and then he kept following the victim of that domestic incident around Telling her, that, hey, you know, come over to my place after 9.30 tonight or something like that. This guy has got some issues. Yeah, way to go taking advantage of, uh, of people by manipulating <sighs> at, the, at the time of need. Good job. Uh, a Broward uh, County, uh, Florida school board members post about an elementary school field trip to a bar and grill popular with Wilton Manor's LGBTQ community has led to a firestorm on social media, reports of death threats, and now a state investigation. 
A group of kindergarten students from Wilton Manors Elementary visited nearby Rosie's Bar and Grill on Wednesday morning as part of a field trip to learn about restaurants and businesses in their community. The restaurant, a staple in the largely gay city for 19 years, uses campy adult humor in its decor and menu that parents say is inappropriate for children. Now the State Department of Education, which has already been feuding with the Broward School District over its mandatory mask policy, is investigating. We have an investigator going down there to determine if there is legally sufficient complaint, said Jared Ox, a spokesperson for the department. The health, safety, and welfare of Florida's 2.9 million students is of utmost importance. The field trip went viral after school board member Sarah Leonardi posted photos on Facebook with commenters suggesting she should be removed from office, arrested, or even killed. Jesus. Uh, as a school board member, I'm committed to staying engaged with my community. I'm always proud to join classes for field trips and events, especially when I'm uh, connecting with vibrant small businesses in my district. Sadly, I've been recently attacked in bigoted comments and death threats. My friends and family have also been targeted. Rosie's has also received death threats, according to the co-owner, uh, John Ziva. Leonardi and Ziva said they've been uh, reported to Wilton Manors Police. It's one of these places that has, like, uncouth things written on the menu. But if you're showing a bunch of kindergartners who can't really read anyway, yeah. do they really know the difference if you're just showing them the operation of how a restaurant works? Well, I, uh, no, it, it probably doesn't matter, and it, and it probably you shouldn't make a difference yeah. to to a kid. But you know, if if the idea is to take your kid, take these kids to a restaurant to show how things work, I gotta believe there may have been other options in town. That were probably less controversial. Uh, some uh, questioned the adult menu, which includes entrees with names like Rhoda Cowboy and Ivana Hooker. Okay. Well. Children who attended were giving a special menu listing entrees only as hamburgers, cheeseburgers, chicken fingers, and grilled cheese sandwiches. So well, then that's that, a kid's menu. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, guess, I know. You know what I, I mean? Know what you're it's like yeah, people, the knee jerk reaction of like, oh my God, you took a bunch of kids to an LGBTQ restaurant? You know how many kids I see uh, going in and out of Hooters? <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you like, there's, there's so much more. To uh, the restaurants are restaurants. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't think that you're still, uh, you're still, if, if the idea is to learn something, you're going to learn from them like anybody, anybody else. And you know, the, the other thing is, you know, kids today, I think, are a lot smarter than we give them credit for. And I think they're, you know, they're also a lot more uh, understanding and accepting of, of, Different points of view, different orientations, different cultures, different everything. Yeah. Than than we were when we were kids. I mean, it's a it's a different world. I think you know, kids just understand it more. I remember, and it's not that big a deal. I remember going to this place. Uh, it was called Giggles, and uh, I don't know if that was a chain. Probably not. It was like a like, it was locally in New Jersey when I was a kid. All right. And it had like, you know, burlesque girls and like not working there but like pictures of of them and weird things like a like a front end of a car hanging out of the wall it was supposed to be all like this funny place uh you know to eat right kind of a novelty uh kind of restaurant but you know thinking back i was probably five or six going there with my family and it was more about the novelty of the restaurant than it was about the content of the restaurant <laughs> because some of the things were a little risque i think for a kid 
But I don't think it was anything out of the ordinary that a kid wouldn't normally Listen, see. There was enough going on in your childhood to have yeah. scarred you for life than going to a, the Giggles for lunch. Yeah, right. And uh, I want to go. I want to eat a Rota Cowboy though. That does sound like fun. That sounds. She sounds, sounds like a great gal. Yeah. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today. Uh, now it's uh, calling for rain in the forecast. What's that all about? I don't know. Happening mostly sunny. Uh, Going to be a high of 56 tomorrow, partly cloudy with a high of 54. It's 50 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Are your wiper blades?